Lord, we pray that you will speak to us from this passage, that, Lord, will be inspired to obey you, that, Lord, we will discover our mistakes and be humble enough to turn to you in repentance, but also that will point everybody else to you because you are the source of life and the source of everything in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, it's always a delight for me to share God's word with God's people. And uh, particularly this afternoon when we reflect on Jonah chapter 1. It's also an introduction to our series uh, for the next few Sundays. We'll be talking through the book of Jonah. So invite your friends, invite everybody else to come and be part of these reflections, these teachings from the book of Jonah. The theme for the entire month is repentance, understanding repentance. And so that's why we chose to do the book of Jonah. Amen. But this afternoon we are pondering, we are looking at the question, how far can you go if you choose to run away from God? How far can you go if you choose to run away from God? And this is to do with the autonomy that God has given us. You know that out of his love, God has uh, given us the free will, you know, to choose uh, to belong to him or not to belong to him, to choose uh, what to follow, what not to follow. And uh, it's really out of the generosity of God. Otherwise, being created in the image of God is not supposed to leave us any choice. Because you know that when there is an object that has an image, the image ideally is supposed to do what the object does, isn't it? Uh, that's what, people science... When uh, the object does that, the image just follows. You know, there's no choice. So God could have chosen to make us that way, that we just are on remote control. What he says is what, God, what he wills, what he desires is what will happen. But out of his love, he has given us space to choose, to make, we are autonomous, we, are, we have the will the free will to choose what to do, and he does not force us. And so this passage is a test for Jonah's free will. And the first thing we observe from this passage, indeed, is that Jonah was a servant of God. Jonah was used as an instrument of God. He was God's mouthpiece. Jonah was among those that God used in his time, and he was used greatly. He was a remarkable prophet. There is no question. There is a lot that he accomplished. Uh, we read in uh, 2 Kings about Jonah's prophecies. 2, King, 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, we hear these words. He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo, Hamath, to the Dead Sea in accordance with the word of the Lord. The God of Israel spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hefer. So it's on record that Jonah was a servant of the Lord and he had previously prophesied many things. He had prophesied the victor of Israel. He had, uh, you know, helped in Israel being restored of its boundaries 
and uh, you know during David's time so he has accomplished certain things and there is no question about his credibility he's not among the prophets you're going to ask questions or doubt because God had used him greatly but in this passage we hear these words that the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai that is in verse 1 the phrase, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Of course, this is, a new, this is not a new phrase. Uh, we read in the Old Testament many times, the word of the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord came to so and so. Um, somebody tried to count and they are over a thousand times when a phrase is similar to the word of the Lord or the Lord spoke to me or I received a message from the Lord. Such phrases are so many in the Old Testament. So this is not the first time it is happening but the idea really, the idea is that people are able to hear from the Lord. So when it says the word of the Lord came to me, it's the whole idea that we worship a God who speaks. Amen? A God who speaks. A God who has a message for us, for his people. A God through his word is able to direct his people to where he wills that they should be. And uh, over the years in scripture, we see that he speaks through visions, through dreams, uh, of course through prophets like Jonah. Uh, many times he has spoken to us through his word. And so there is no question, it is clear that God speaks and also it was clear to Jonah that what he had was God. Jonah knew that it is God who was speaking. He could not dismiss God's voice. He could not have misunderstood this voice. There is no way. Based on the relationship that he had with God, but also the accomplishments that he, has, he, has, he had had in the past, there is no question. Jonah understood that it is God who was speaking to him. It is God who was giving him this message and giving him these instructions. Why? Because Jonah had a relationship with God. And I know that really there are people who have developed formulas of how to listen to God. And they will tell you all sorts of, of things. They will tell you, you see, when you want to hear God's voice, I want you to enter a fast of 21 days and do A, B, C, D, then you will hear the voice of God. You see, if you want to hear God, go to so and so, uh, they will say things and will hear the voice of, of God. Listen, the primary way to hear from the Lord is having a relationship with him. When you have a relationship with God and you embrace his word for you, for us, for mankind, you're going to find it easy to listen, to hear him speak to you in a language you understand in ways that are clear. So for Jonah, it was clear. Jonah had God clearly. It was God calling on him. It was God talking to him. It was God giving this message. But Jonah chose to run away from the presence of the Lord. Listen to verse 2 and 3. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Can you think about Jonah? 
He knows the Lord. He knows this is God who is speaking. He has no questions. He has no doubts. Jonah has a level of understanding of God, but even at that level, God speaks to him and he chooses to flee from the presence of God. Jonah must have understood that it is impossible to run away from the Lord. I mean, David writes to us in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10, we get to know that David asks the question, where can I go from your presence? In the clouds you are there, in the seas you are there, you are everywhere. Where can I run to that you are not? You cannot run from the presence of God. I want to think that Jonah understood this very well, but he chose to rebel against the Lord. And to do with the autonomy of man, that God has given you a will. It's up to you to obey. It is up to you to obey what God says to you. It is up to you. Jonah chose not to follow God. This time he disagreed with the Lord. A lot of the time Jonah agreed with God. When God gave him messages, Jonah was obedient. But this particular time, Jonah chose to disagree with the Lord. And now, let me ask this question. When your agenda collides with God, which agenda will win? When your agenda collides with the agenda of God, which agenda will win? Let me ask, if you have the capacity to do one thing, but God is saying you have to do the other, who is going to win that argument? You have the capacity to do this, but God is saying, do that. What will you do? You have the capacity to go this way, and yet God is saying, go that way. Who will win that argument? How are we going to deal with our potentialities versus God's will? It is the question we have before us this afternoon, that Jonah has the free will to go to where God has asked him to go or to go elsewhere. And let me tell you, the distance from where Jonah was to the place God was calling him to go to, to go to the great city of Nineveh was shorter. It's about 500 kilometers, and yet Jonah chose to flee to a distance of about 2,000 kilometers. It was easier for Jonah to go to the place God was calling him to go, to Nineveh, it would take him less energy, less resources, less time, but Jonah chose to go four times the journey. This is to do with the autonomy that God has given you free will to choose. And yet many times we choose hard things and let go of simple things. Do you know, the existence of God is a call of belief, faith. Just believe that God spoke in the earth into motion. But do you know how many people have refused to believe that? And they are busy over years trying to research and find out how the earth came into motion. The simple thing is to believe, but they have refused the simple thing and have decided to spend time, resources, energy, and everything to try and figure out where the world came from. And so they have come up with theories that they agree with one day and then another day they disagree with those theories and then agree, then they come up, come up with others. Why? It's the whole battle of 
the free will, the autonomy that God has given to mankind. Should I leave what I'm doing today because it is stressing and go to what I feel is going to give me happiness even when God does not desire it? I think that is the question. Those are the questions we have to battle and engage with this afternoon. Should I leave church and invest in my business just because this is not exactly comfortable for me? Or am I going to obey God and indeed go to wherever he sends me or do what he tells me to do? Jonah was faced with those choices and for him he chose to run away from the presence of God. Should we stop focusing on raising godly families, those of you that are married, and pursue careers? Is that what is going to move you? Or are you going to give in to what God desires for you just that God should be glorified? We find ourselves every day in Jonah's shoes. Every day we are battling like Jonah Battled. And if you are normal like me, I know that I know every day, probably even in this service, you have battled to follow your will or God's will. And again, how far will you go if you choose to run from the presence of God? How fulfilling will it be? It's possible that you'll appear in that international magazine. Oh, praise the Lord. But how satisfying is that? It's possible that you'll drive that powerful car. But how long is it going to stay powerful? If you choose to run away from God for the sake of your comfort, the question is how far, how long, how far will you go? How long will you stay in that state? How, the question is, are you able to contend against God. Friends, that's the battle for us. And as we can see that it is quite impossible, my other reflection is that God in this passage intercepts Jonah's rebellion. God interrupted Jonah's path. God became an obstacle. God opposed the rebellion of Jonah. And so probably... Jonah thought, I am giving up my call to serve as a prophet. It's possible if it was in today's language, as we usually say, Jonah resigned his prophetic office. Jonah decided to throw in the towel and go his way. He had given up. Yes, he had previously prophesied. He had registered so many successes. But this time he disagrees with God and chooses to go or run away from the presence of God. But let me tell you that when God wants to do something, he is unstoppable because God is sovereign. And so we see that God comes in the way of Jonah and God stops Jonah. We see this happening through the trouble that comes to the ship. Sometimes we have hesitation to preach to a certain group of people like Jonah had hesitation. We read later on in chapter 4, we will read, I think it will be the fourth sermon, uh, the fourth Sunday, we will see that Jonah actually from the beginning, being in a relationship with God, understood that if he preaches to these people that are wicked, they are going to repent and once they repent, God is going to forgive them and be moved with compassion. And so he chooses, I will not give them the opportunity 
for their word because this is going to result in repentance. And once they repent, my God is going to be merciful. Do you sometimes stereotype people and say those ones don't deserve the grace of God? Do you sometimes think, yes, those people, if I preach to them, they might change, but I don't want them to change. And we do that a lot of the time. Jonah was caught up in the same place. Again, I ask, do we have any hesitation about who we will preach the gospel to? You might be running in the trap of Jonah. So the trouble with the sheep that we see in this passage is because God divinely intervened. God came and met Jonah along the way as he was running off his presence. The whole trouble of the sheep, the whole trouble of the waves of the sea is because Jonah is running away and God has intercepted the journey. God has brought to a standstill. He wants to stop this rebellion and is going to stop it by manipulating nature so that Jonah in the end will run back to where God wants him. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. The whole trouble of dealing with a sinking ship is because God has interrupted Jonah's journey. The ship didn't have divine protection. Do you know why? Because Jonah is disobeying God. These people are supposed to land safely to where they were going, but because Jonah chose to run away, their journey is under threat for Jonah's rebellion and disobedience. People lost property. And let me ask how many things are going wrong because of one person running away from the presence of God? Jonah, this afternoon, sets a bad example. But again, I want to say we are not different from Jonah in many ways. And it is a point for us to reflect and think about our own lives and what it is that we are doing about what God is asking us to do. Again, might the trouble you are going through, might the trouble I'm going through be the sign that God is not in for what I am doing. Just asking, are you sure that your suffering, like we saw last month, is as a result of your faithfulness or your suffering is as a result of disobedience? Because in the New Testament, we read passages where there are storms. This is not the only storm. You remember in the Gospels, Jesus is in the boat, you know, and uh, the disciples are with him, and the storm comes, and, you know, the, Jesus is sleeping, and everybody begins to say, you man, just like Jonah, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? Don't you care? We are perishing. That storm was not sent because of rebellion, because Jesus is in the will of God, and when he wakes up, he says, peace be still, and the sea became still. But Jonah could not speak to the sea, be still. Jonah had to tell them, man, just throw me there. <laughs> then Jonah needs to get serious. Just tell the guys, have mercy on me. We turn back. I, am, I know where I'm supposed to go. Can you imagine that level of uh, hatred? Because you don't want Nineveh to be delivered. It's a wicked nation. For you think the grace of God is only for Israel. So rather than go to Nineveh, I would rather be swallowed by, by the fish than go and carry out God's mission. 
How many things are going wrong just because of your rebellion? And I really want to speak to this generation. I want to speak to our times. The times of charismatic movements. We are in the charismatic age. We speak positively. We command situations. Hello. We bind and lose. Let me tell you, command all you want. But if the will of God is different, you're getting tired for nothing. In this charismatic movement, we need to appreciate the sovereignty of God that Jonah had to be intercepted. Why? Because he is running away from the will of God. And Jonah is not the only one. We know that a man like Paul, you know, just chose to be against Jesus. In Acts chapter 26, verse 14, we read these words. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. You know, this is Paul re, you know, retelling his testimony of what happened to him in Acts chapter 9. And so, as he's retelling the story, he tells them what Jesus said. Why are you persecuting me? And then the, the, the saying, it is hard for you to kick against the gods, in as much as it appears in scripture, was actually a Greek proverb that Jesus used. Jesus used the Greek proverb to talk to Saul as Saul was going against his will, going against the people of God, the followers of Jesus Christ. And this proverb is actually derived from, uh, you know, farmers. When, when they are ordering the ox, the oxen, as they order them, they put their, uh, you know, a sharp metal tied to a wood, and it is usually next to the you know, the behind legs. So what happens when the person driving this, these oxen wants them to go a certain direction, he will push this piercing part and it pierces them and they are, they are driven to the direction he wants them. But also, if he wants them to move faster, he tries to push it and when it hurts them, you know, they keep going. But there are some stubborn oxen that as the, the farmer is pushing them, they begin to kick against the gods. So what would happen as they are kicking the sharp metal goes deep into the flesh so there is more pain. So Jesus says to Saul you are kicking against the gods. In other words, the more you rebel against me, the more pain you will have. You are hurting yourself. I am not the one being hurt. It is you who is being hurt. So Jonah chooses to run away from the presence of God, but what is happening is that he is hurting himself. And many times we rebel from the Lord or against God, and it is hard to kick against the pricks. It is us who are being destroyed. It is us who are getting into trouble. Whether you like it or not, there is going to come a time and Jesus will be victorious. Praise the name of the Lord. It says in scripture that he humbled himself, he chose to go to the cross and did all these things, went through all this suffering. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth 
and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It doesn't matter how long you run, how far you run, in the end, Jesus will be victorious and his will will come through. Praise the name of the Lord. How far would you go if you choose to run away from the purposes of God? If you choose to run away from the presence of God? Isaiah chapter 46 verse 8 to 11. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird for, of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I'll bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. God will do it. Regardless of whether you obey or not. It is you who is hurting yourself. It is you who is losing. And so, the wise thing to do as I close. God declares, my purpose will stand. And so I want to challenge us. In light of God's sovereignty, to humble ourselves before him. To humble ourselves before him. And I want us to have a moment of reflection. To think about where you are and where you are headed. Think about where you are this afternoon and where you are headed. In terms of your relationships, in terms of your work, in terms of your career, in terms of your family, in terms of everything that is happening around you, everything that involves you. Think about where you are and where you are headed. Are you sure that you are headed in the direction that God desires you should be going to? Oh. You are headed elsewhere. Our God is gracious. And so this afternoon, we can just take off our time to say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I realize that I am in the mess that I am in simply because I've chosen to run away from your presence. And yet I've learned that it is impossible for me to run away from your presence. Let's bow in prayer. And go ahead and say that prayer to the Lord. Where you are and where you are headed, are you sure it is where God wants you to go? When you have capacity to do something and yet God does not want you to do that thing, will you humble yourself to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. When you have the capacity to go that way, and yet God says, go this way, will you humble yourself this afternoon? Will you accept to deal with your abilities and bring them to the submission, to submission, to submit to God Almighty? 
And yes, turn to God in prayer. Maybe some of you are asking for grace. You know the truth, but it is hard truth. It's bitter, it's tough. And you're saying, yes, Lord, how will it be if I give up on this? How will it be? What will people think? What will they say? What will so-and-so say? How will they manage? Maybe that's your worry. But how far would you go with your worries? Jonah thought he would go all the way to Tarshish. But God intercepted his journey. Divinely intercepted his journey. Do you want to get to a place of accepting even the worst just because you didn't obey the first time God called on you? Lord, have mercy on us. Lead us to the cross, indeed, Lord, as we sang earlier. Lead us to the place, lead us to that place where you want us to be. Lord, the more we run, the more hurting it is. And yet we'll not run far enough away from you. Because in the heavens you're there, in the seas you're there, you are everywhere, you are omnipresent. Would you help us be humble? And accept your will. And I pray, Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice. Tough as it is, Lord, give them grace to obey. Let them take that first step. And Lord, uphold them as they choose to follow you, as they choose to embrace you rather than run away from you. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.